Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the big broadcast special edition, Unk. And hey. you, we're back, man. We're back. How you feeling, my man? Feeling all right, man. Doing all right. Yeah, football season has started, so we're all looking forward to that. Yes, sir. We're back. We're back. And you know what? Back by popular demand, man. We got to talk about it. Football season. We're in it. We're in it to win it. We're in it all season. Unk football. Nephew big stuff, but we're in it. We got to talk about it. And first off, we got to start with the biggest news. Aaron Rodgers, man. <laughs> we got to start off with that, man. Unk, talk to me about Aaron Rodgers. Four snaps. Well, he's assimilated. He is assimilated very well into the New York culture because nobody showed you what a New York minute looks like than Aaron Rodgers. What? A New God York Almighty. Minute. You have to really feel bad for the Jets, right? Because they had done something really intelligent in getting Rodgers. And it's just bad luck. He was a quarterback that they needed to sort of like, they, they've got great talents in the backfield. They've got good receivers and outstanding defense. Oh my God. But yeah. Rogers was, you know, going to be that seasoned quarterback, that guy who takes you to the next level. And now they're right back to where they were last year. Zach Wilson slinging. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> they came full circle back to Zach Wilson, the same dude that was messing their playoff hopes. They're back to him at quarterback. Mm -hmm. Think about that, my man. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> For me, I'm like, okay, the Achilles is something that takes a year yeah. on average to heal. You know what I mean? Like a few years ago, uh, Kevin Durant, he needed about a full season in order to come back, like a season and a half, and then he was fully back healthy. But Aaron Rodgers now, you know what I mean? Can we go a full season without Aaron Rodgers and see what happens? Would he come back? Let's say Zach Wilson plays really good. Does that mean that Zach Wilson gets benched? I don't know. I'm confused, man. Well, given the usual pecking orders that occur in the NFL, uh, an injury does not require you to uh, lose your job. Um, and I do not think that Rogers is on schedule to come back this year. They say no. he's out for the season. So like New York really is right back where they were last December. Um, so fortunately they've got Brees Hall. Yes. Um, they've got Garrett Wilson, right? They've got, uh, you know, killer defense, but they are back to very mediocre quarterbacks. So what are you going to do? Right. And here they go <laughs> on the road. <laughs> to Dallas versus the Cowboys just like this week. Nick, who just took care of the Giants so badly in New York, no less. I mean, my goodness. They're playing the best so defense I, I, in yeah. the league. The best yeah, defense yeah, in the I league. Have nothing. I, yeah, I have nothing but sympathy for uh, the Jets and their fans. Um, they did all the right things. They have done all the right things outside of, outside of drafting a good quarterback. But the team is set to do good things. Unfortunately, uh, that quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, was going to be the key to take them there. And now it looks very much in doubt. So we're looking at probably, you know, a 9-7 and seven season for the Jets would be successful, I think. But but here's where it gets interesting, right? Because when we Nine watched that eight. Monday night football game, the Bills weren't looking that good. The the Patriots no. are not looking that good either. Well, Mac Jones is looking mm -hmm. good, but then the only team that really looks really sharp, really strong, 
is the Dolphins. So then you have to really think about it. Could the Jets make it as a wild card? Or I don't know. I don't well, know. Think, they would probably need they would probably need better than nine and eight uh to go in as a wild card. Um but you're right. Um losing Rogers doesn't necessarily uh, eviscerate uh the Jets season. They still have the opportunity to, you know, play five hundred or better uh, football, which for the Jets historically is not a bad season. Yeah. Um yeah, so so yeah, yeah, but but that hurts. That hurts. There's no denying that Aaron Rodgers is a you know a fantastic season veteran quarterback. He's going to get your clubhouse you know pointed in one direction, all that type of thing. For all the controversy around Rodgers, that only happens when you're absolute elite quarterback. So yeah, it was a big loss, right, man? It's a huge loss. First, I think I think as a quarterback, for me, just as a fan of football, I would have loved to see how he did with the Jets because the defense, like you said, is me amazing. Too. The run game is amazing. Just as a football fan, watching how he leaves Green Bay, which is a great franchise, trying to transition into the Jets, which is a franchise that's on the rise. But you know what? I'll give it like this. For me, let's hope what let's see what happens next year. Cause I saw yeah. his Instagram message. He says he's gonna fight. He says he's gonna come back. He he's <laughs> he's he's committed to to playing football. Yeah. So let's see what happens. But something I wanna touch on though. What did you think of week one? I know we're walking into week two, but week one of football, mm-hmm. I was low-key disappointed, man. The quarterback <laughs> play was iffy. The offenses were iffy. I think the defenses yeah. came to play, but even the defenses were looking iffy. I was like, damn, was this like preseason, like week four, week five? Like, how do you, Unc, how did you feel about the first week of football, man? W-E-A-K week one. <laughs> um, it was typical for, you know, week one in the NFL. Mm-hmm. What I generally find happens is that the defense is usually ahead of the offense uh, this, this time of year. Uh, sometimes it flips around, but for the most part, I would say that the defenses looked like they were much tighter, uh, than the offenses. Um, a, a good, uh, example of that was, uh, our opener, right? Look at Casey, yeah. Casey, typically my God, Casey, their defense, for some reason, it takes them till midway in the season before they're really operating. Yeah. Uh, and so Casey got burned by that. Um, if you look at the numbers though, I mean, Mahomes was still your top quarterback for the week somehow. Right. So it's not like the offense did not function. Uh, there were some disappointments on wide receiver for KC, but generally speaking, Detroit played defense like they played defense last year. Right. Oh. So I, I, I think that was not a huge surprise for me. I was kind of expecting Detroit to, uh, to do well in that game and uh, for KC to underperform. And they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, big disappointment. Big disappointment was Cincinnati. They definitely looked like like they needed like another two weeks of training camp. Thank I do you. not know what happened with their offense. I, I think but, the uh, Cleveland, the Cleveland's D. Yeah, I think the fact that Joe yeah, Burrow yeah, hadn't I mean, played like, any of the preseason, I think that affected it. Joe Burrow had no preseason, it could, and that affected it could his well be. sync with Higgins, his sync with Chase. It could. Yeah. Yep. Well, it could well be. 
it could well be uh, that there's some rust to shake off. And this is what I'm yeah. saying where the defenses are kind of ahead of some of the offenses. Um, but what I would uh, stress in that situation is that, you know, you are talking about Burrow, Chase and T Higgins. I mean, like they're going to get, they're going to get their numbers eventually. But oh, yeah. um, I, I guess what is really happening with the NFL with guys like Burrow, I mean, they're signed for like $250 million, 200 plus. Like you really cannot take the risk. Yeah. These people are commodities, unfortunately. Um, and so when you're talking about $250 million invested in a player, like I said last year, it's only a matter of time before they start putting those red shirts on uh, <laughs> on the quarterbacks in live play. I swear, you know yes. what I mean? Because they are that valuable. So, so sometimes the offense does lag behind the defense because of those reasons. A hundred percent right. And what's been happening? I've noticed the more these quarterbacks get paid, right? The super highly paid quarterbacks, low key their play has diminished. So let me give you an example. Look at Kyler Murray, big contract, play mm -hmm. diminished. Jalen Hurts, <laughs> I like Jalen Hurts, but his play is not like last year. I love my boy Lamar. Yeah. I'm a Ravens fan. Last week was horrible. You look at yeah, they, you, you look at you look at Burrow. Burrow's game was horrible last week. Uh, Justin Herbert was mid. It was okay, but like these people are getting multi-million-dollar contracts but they're not performing to the <laughs> level of the contract. And that's why, for me, I'm Meanwhile, thinking, are, are, are quarterbacks getting overpaid right now? That comes to my mind. Yeah. I don't know. Meanwhile, Brock Purdy's out there slinging the ball like with super efficiency. <laughs> right? Mr. Irrelevant. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so this is just human nature, right? When you yeah. get comfortable, when you're secure, you know, there's an obvious sit back where you're like, oh, Okay, finally, right? Whereas when you're hungry and you're trying to get that big contract, you know, you show out along the way. I mean, it's yeah. just human nature. It happens. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the amount of money, uh, yeah, I think we can all sit back and go, you know, that's absolutely ridiculous. How is it possible? No one is physically capable of, of being worth that much money. But it's not really a question of your your physique or, you know, even your skill necessarily, et cetera, et cetera. The NFL brings in that amount of money. There's no reason no. that the owner should keep it all in the name and the principle of, well, they don't really need that much money. Um, no, it's an open market. It's a free market. And whatever you're paid is what you're worth. If you weren't worth that much, you wouldn't have got paid that much. All right. So that's what you were worth to the bean counters in uh, in the front office when they went out to draft you or, or re-sign you, et cetera, et cetera. They made that decision. That's how markets work. So um, is it too much? Well, obviously not, because no NFL clubs are going broke. <laughs> that's true. They're not going broke. They're actually making more money. Like if right? you look at the Forbes list, the valuation of most NFL teams is going up, meaning oh, that. In general, these players and these salaries are going to get up higher. For me, my oh, thing course. is I have no problem with it. It's it's capitalism. It's a free market. I just want my top-paid guys to perform. To play That's what like I want. Guys. <laughs> I'm just doing my guys to perform, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's so true. But, well, the NFL is a meat grinder. And, you know, you got to – eight to 10 years if you're a successful player in there and out of those eight to 10 years guaranteed there's probably going to be two or three where you're injured or coming back from injury so yeah i mean if you ask me i think they earn every penny of those uh hyperinflated uh you know salaries just because life is short your career is short 
Yeah. You know, it's your main skill. <laughs> at this point, I, I might have to audible right quick. Unk. This ain't even on our schedule, but let's talk about these running back salaries and pay, right? Because right. if we're talking to, you know, the market decides you're, you're paid by your value. Why is a dude like Daniel Jones getting paid up level of millions and Saquon <laughs> has to struggle for his life? The best player on the Giants is Saquon. Jonathan yeah. Taylor has to struggle to get paid. Mm -hmm. and, like, you know, you have all these mid to trash quarterbacks getting paid millions. Look at Kirk Cousins, man. Like, I just <laughs> I just get frustrated when these talented running backs are yeah. not getting paid. Josh Jacobs and those things. Unc, what and is your thoughts about the running back market, man? Well, again, it's a supply and demand thing. Yeah. Uh quarterbacks, um, the number of, of guys who can successfully read defenses and play quarterback in the NFL has shown itself to be with all the mediocrity out there. I mean, obviously you're going to hire the best person available. And if you're hiring the best person available and there's still a glut of mediocrity among quarterbacks, all that tells you is that the ones that are not playing will be worse. Mm -hmm. um, whereas with running back, um, there's a lot of guys um, who are capable uh, talent-wise, of uh, being running backs in the NFL. Some are extremely gifted. Um, they have a vision and whatnot, et cetera. But you could, as you've seen, as running backs get injured and we see guys being brought up off the practice. Oh, oh. Oh, you kind of disappeared so a little bit, but yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happened there, but um, anyways, yeah, the running backs, as we can see, are, are easily replaceable um, in the sense that, um, you know, you can bring them up off the practice roster. They're fresh. They got fresh legs. You, you, you show them the game plan and, you know, it's, it, it's reasonably easy to catch on to. So unfortunately there's a glut of, uh, of running backs and running backs have shown themselves to be a poor investment. You put a hundred million, $120 million into a running back and you know they get injured at a much higher rate than do quarterbacks yeah. and you know you see yeah. what i'm saying i like, see exactly like, what you're at, saying the, the todd Gurley deal the uh you know zeke elliott deal these were major big time contracts and then zeke fell off a cliff and then obviously yeah. todd Gurley got his arthritis issues so those were the last big Major running back contracts. I well, think uh, Derrick Henry got a big one, but I think Derrick Henry is the only well, one who's still. I don't, I don't think. You know? I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think Dobbins has. Uh, I don't think Dobbins has an especially big contract or anything like that. But Dobbins no. is a good example of why yep. running backs don't get paid the way they do. I mean, look at that risk, right? He came oh, back, yeah. and 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 who's going to step in, right? Gus Edwards and some rookie. Yep. Are going to go in there, and they will they will produce eighty five to ninety percent of what Dobbins did. So, you know, it, or would have done. Yeah, and that's the sad part because for me, I'm a big fan of J.K. Dobbins, and he makes the Ravens' offense Great very guy. dynamic. But the man yep. always gets injured. The man cannot stay on the field, and that's yep. when it gets tough because a lot of running backs, unfortunately can get replaced in the modern NFL offense. The modern NFL offense yeah. is spread five receivers, basically. You know what I mean? You have the running back, mm -hmm. maybe yeah. sixth. And at that point, you'll run the ball maybe on second down, 
rarely on third down, but you're going to you're going to maybe run on first and you might just throw yeah. on first at the, uh, in general. So the modern NFL yeah. does not incentivize the bell cow running back. And that's just the difference. Of the game. No, it does not. No, it does not. And so no. they're not going to get paid. They're not going to get paid the same way, unfortunately. So it's the evolution of the game, man. And you know what? I wish it would change because you have teams that like the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Where they use Jalen Hurts as basically a running back. You know what I mean? Where you even look at the 49ers, yep. they they use multiple running backs. Christian McCaffrey is a running back receiver, and then they use Debo yep. as a running back as well. So they run schemes where they use the run game, but it's multiple people who are runners. So it's just interesting to see, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of innovation and creativity among offensive coordinators in the modern NFL, absolutely guaranteed. And so, yeah, the bell cow, um, you know, even if you have a bell cow, if you run into a buzzsaw defense, they're just going to put eight guys in the box and stack up on them anyways, right? So unless you've got outlet receivers of fantastic quality, you're not even going to take advantage of that. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so now, yeah, so they're just running back has morphed as a position. It's now by committee almost exclusively. So, but you know, people surprise you. People surprise you. Did you see DeAndre Swift's numbers in Philadelphia the other day? Yes, I did. Okay, where was this guy in Detroit last year when I owned him on my team? Now the guy goes into um, <laughs> goes into Philadelphia and runs for 175 yards his first game in there. I'm like, Jesus, Murphy. I, I was avoiding him. You know, I was avoiding him all draft. Yeah, I but, was like, no, I'm not going to touch this guy. <laughs> 187 yards. I know, yards. neither, like, neither me, right? Jeez, man. Neither me. I wasn't going to touch him this year either, man. I I, I grabbed uh, CMC myself. It, 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 I had an early pick this year. I grabbed CMC. And I was just nice. like, okay, well, that's it for running back for a bit. I got <laughs> You're who else you really need, point. right? My my question is, man, you know, great, 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 you know, uh, great flow into CMC. What are our MVPs for this season? Because I remember yeah. last year. You had a hot take, a fire take about T.J. <laughs> Watt getting MVP. The crazy yeah. part is T.J. Watt, I think, got injured that very first game. Yeah, like, we put a curse was on. Six, we put, we put, we jinxed him, man. <laughs> and the man came back six weeks later and still dominated. You know what I mean? <laughs> so well, that's why. Like, I, what are our picks for our MVP? We don't want to. We don't want to curse nobody. Okay, so, so <laughs> knock on wood, bro. Right, 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 right. I, I got it right here. Well, you, you see, and that's why TJ Watt was my hot take last year. I knew it was a hot take, but it's like I wanted to be different, right? And it was sag. a good take. It was a good take, though. I like it. Yeah, but it just goes to show you how dominant and um, you know, a certain defensive player can be, yep. and in my opinion, should be considered um, you know, for the overall league MVP when you do dominate like that. But we'll see. Uh Nick Bosa just signed a big deal. We'll see if he falls off the deep end gets injured or actually lives up to his contract <laughs> um and who was it in dallas now is it mika parsons their middle linebacker who's just parsons, a beast yep. right yeah that guy's gonna crush it all year too um so out of those three guys for your defensive mvp most likely yeah, yeah. um and we saw it we saw it happen again last year right i mean let's be real the mvp of the whole league usually ends up being a quarterback so let's figure out which ones it's gonna be uh, <laughs> because yeah Outside of of CMC, 
I don't really see a running back that has enough dynamism and uh, enough ability to play with the right quarterback, of course, uh, where, you know, you, you do that Alvin Kamara thing where you get a hundred yards rushing and get 80 yards receiving and two touchdowns or whatever. So CMC is the only guy I really see pulling that off uh, on a consistent basis. So, you know, what quarterbacks, right? We can look at Jay, uh, Jay Lanal again. We can look at, um, or uh, Hurts again, Jane. Um, or we look at Mahomes. Um, Tua. Tua looked like an MVP. That's the, other night. the guy that was uh, in the back of my mind was Tua. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Tua looked like an MVP the other night, and with uh, Waddle and Tyreek Hill, like the the all the pieces are in place for Miami to have a bang up year, and for Tua to make his case for uh, for MVP. Yes. Um, beyond that, I mean. Yeah, beyond that, I mean, you're looking at the usual guys, right? Maybe mm. Purdy uh, has a bang-up year, and suddenly he comes up from the outside to to steal an MVP, right? Because yep. it's going to be a quarterback. So it's going to be the team that has the most dynamic offense. And is that going to be KC again this year? Could be. The wide receivers don't look that prolific, though, and they don't have a dominant run game. So I'm not sure how Mahomes is going to make all that work unless he does it himself, at which point he'll walk away with the MVP, <laughs> right? <laughs> so... Yeah. Right. So, it, it, you know, or, or does Burrow, you know, Burrow throws for 50 touchdowns or some kind of ridiculous number like that. I mean, you know, you'd have to look at him as well, but we all know it's going to be a quarterback question is which one. And and that's where it gets interesting because we have so many talented guys in different positions that the MVP has now yeah. been restricted to a quarterback award. Why don't we just have a straight up quarterback trophy and then have an overall MVP. Right. Last year, Justin Jefferson, yep. what he was doing for the Vikings was absolutely ungodly. There were games they yep. should have lost. Justin Jefferson made them win. Yeah. There were games that the 49ers should have lost, and Nick Bosa got them the win. You know, Michael Parsons. Mm -hmm. All these guys who have made such amazing plays – and they know they're going to lose to a quarterback because quarterback apparently has been lifted. It's a great position. It's the most important position. But at the same time, it's like, damn, yeah. like we have so much talent. And for me, my hot take, I'm going to give you all my hot take. Tyreek Hill, man. Tyreek Hill <laughs> is my prediction would... for MVP this year. He will be the first wide receiver to win MVP because of the things that he is doing to defenses. I don't know what's going on, but him and Tua have a crazy connection. And we're going to see a few yep. more 200-yard games by Tyreek Hill, man. You just give him a slant, he's taking it to the house. It's insane, man. Yeah, That's you, my you, prediction. You, know? you uh, you mm -hmm. kind of took the words out of my mouth, actually. My next paragraph was going to be, don't leave out Tyreek Hill. He's yeah. once again shown himself to be an X factor in any game that he plays. He's almost like a cheat code of some kind. Uh, and he's done it with two quarterbacks now. Yes, two different, two different quarterbacks yep. have looked like all-stars because of Tyreek Hill. So that tells you what a, a most valuable player does. A most valuable player brings up the others around him. And Tyreek Hill has made two quarterbacks now look like absolute geniuses. Absolutely. And for me, that's just my little hot take on that. We kind of talked about this slightly about the defensive MVPs, defensive players of the year. For you, I know yeah. you're a Steelers fan. 
and I know that you've been watching TJ Watt dominate. I think he got like three sacks last oh, yeah. game. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Do yeah. you think here's my question? Do you think he's gonna hit the straight hand record, man? Because he was he was inching close a few years ago. Do you think he's gonna go for 23 sacks, man? Talk to me, brother. Oh, I think he definitely has it in his mind that that's what he wants to get and getting a head start. Like if he, he got three this past weekend, he has another couple oh. of games like that. The guy's going to be at 10 before game six. And if he's at 10 before game six, I would definitely say he's on his way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, TJ Watt is in the prime of his life. You know, he's recovered from his injury. Uh, he's on a he's in a good scheme in in Pittsburgh. Um, they're using him the right way. They're using his speed and tenacity on the rush. So he's got you know, and he's, and he's just so determined. I mean, Brock Purdy yes. just barely got that ball, that butt fuck. <laughs> but but did you see T.J. Watt in there like trying to grab it? <laughs> yes, like, T.J. Shit. was going crazy, man. Shit, I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah, he's so intense. You know, it's just the genes in that family. Both him and his brother, they're just oh, intense yeah. football players who love the game. And then yeah. in the back of my mind, I look at the AFC North because you and me are AFC North guys, man. You look at a guy like Miles Garrett, man. It's a meat grinder. Oh, it, it's a meat grinder this it's, year. It's gonna be the tough. AFC North, the black and blue division. Yes, yes. And for me, I look at a guy like Miles Garrett. I wouldn't be surprised if Miles Garrett got the defensive MVP. The things he was doing to Joe Burrow and that Bengals O-line, I was like, damn, that's nuts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the thing is, what's happening yeah. now? Miles my, my my Garrett, my Garrett was... Miles Garrett was playing games was playing with them basketball. at one point. Did you see him do like little crossover? Did you see that highlight? Did you see that highlight where he was like shifting back and forth? And then he finally gets the guy out of step and just rushes through the open lane. Oh my God. Yeah, it's like he was playing basketball. <laughs> the red three point shot. When you're that talented, dog, you're that fast, you're that big, you can just cheat the game. <laughs> I've always loved Miles Garrett. He's a great middle linebacker. He is great, yeah. man. And that's that's what makes me think there's a chance because the AFC North is such um like you said a meat grinder dog like you look at the AFC North three teams could win it M- matter of fact any of the four could win it all four all four yeah. are in contention all four, all four teams put it this way all four teams could uh could qualify for the playoffs put it that way easily and they could um, all, they each yeah, all but, four of the teams could win the entire uh AFC in my mind I think so. Yeah, I yeah. I literally no, think, I, I think one of the four could win the whole AFC. Yeah, number one. Yeah, seed. because whoever comes out of the AFC North will have bested three other teams at least once, if not twice, in that year. Yep. You're going to have to win at least six games against um, you know teams in your own division. Six out of seventeen games are against teams in your own division, and that division is stacked right now. Uh, wow. Especially if the Steelers, you know, represent a little bit better than they did against San Francisco. But I kind of, to me, that was a one-off. San Francisco is just really good right now. But yeah. I think that, um, like the Browns, D will win them some games. Um, the offense, I mean, Nick Chubb's fantastic. Um, but we're going to have to see about Deshaun Watson, whether he can play consistent quarterback. Um, he, well, it wasn't really great. Um, but Baltimore's Baltimore. Steelers are going to have a great defense. And Cincinnati has got that offense. So, I mean, 
it's really hard to predict which one is going to come out on top. Of course, I'm cheering for the Steelers. Yeah. Um, it's, just very, it's just very disconcerting that there isn't a bottom feeder team for, for Baltimore. No. Meet up on. There is no team. <laughs> there is no looks, bottom feeders. You know, in I, there's no team that looks trash. It's yeah. like you could logically nope. get any of these teams in the playoffs and you can logically give them a number one, number two, or maybe number three overall seed in the FC. Yeah. And you're going to yeah. have, like you said, competitive football because the team that makes it out will have played the other teams about five or six times. You know what I mean? Like we have the Bengals versus mm -hmm. the Ravens today. You know what I mean? At 1 p.m., And yeah. that could yeah. have ramifications in December, man. You know what I mean? Like if they have to average out which team has the higher seeding, you know what I mean? Well, a win in September is as good as a win in December. And especially when uh -huh. they're against division rivals early in the season, this is the time of the year when teams get a chance to get a leg up on their uh, division rivals. Um, because you'll notice that the divisions are all playing each other right now um, in these first couple of weeks. So they're going to get those out of the way. But the thing is, this is the time of the year when you need to focus because you're playing division rivals. It might be just September. It might be just week two. But, I mean, come on. These wins matter. You only have 17 opportunities to uh, to put a W on the board. That's a major fact. And, you know, we got to talk about the big thing because we have to talk about our Super Bowl prediction. We need We need people to hold us accountable. But we might be damn right. Because let me tell you something. Last year, Unc and Nephew, Unc and Few, we knew about the Eagles. We talked about it. We were big Eagles fans. We're big Jalen Hurts guys. I remember that. What do you see this year, Unc? I want you to go in your crystal ball. I want you to go in your prophecy. You got to go Nostradamus. What do you see? What are your early... <laughs> Super Bowl predictions, brother. Yeah. Way too early Super Bowl predictions. Okay. Way well, in the NFC, to me, it's going to come down with. <laughs> But, well, it's the opening of the season, though. It's completely appropriate. But I would say that it's going to be um, Dallas, San Francisco, or Philly uh, coming out of the NFC. And in the AFC, I guess we're probably looking again at, um, you know, the Chiefs, obviously. But I see the Chiefs, the Dolphins, Steelers or Cincinnati, uh, maybe Baltimore too. Again, like that one's a real toss-up no. uh, coming out uh, for um, for the AFC. Um, out, out west in the AFC, I mean, I you know, it's usually a, a real crap shoot out there. I don't really see um, the Chargers necessarily uh, breaking into that, but they absolutely could. Once again, the Chargers have all the talent that they need. In fact, this weekend, <laughs> watch the Chargers this weekend because they're going up against Tennessee. It's got a hell of a, uh, a run defense. Not much else, but they have a good run defense. And my guess is that Herbert throws it 50 times. Um, but anyways, yeah, so I don't really see the Chargers uh, breaking into that, but it'll be somebody uh, from the AFC North, uh, Miami, mm. and uh, the Chiefs again, most likely. Yeah, and uh, who comes out of all that? Uh, well, I, I'm a homer, so I want to say the Steelers will come out of it. But the way they looked last week, they got work to do. But we saw last season, right? They had a terrible start last season, and they really came on throughout the, uh, the year. So if they can get a little bit better start, if they can get to like 11 or 12 wins, hey, crap shoot from there. So as a homer, I'll take the Steelers. Uh, realistically, 
<sighs> it probably will be the Chiefs again. I, I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know where they're going to find a receiver, but they'll find one. They just do. Um, and Mahomes is that much of an artist. So it's hard to argue against that. But, um, yeah, it's going to be somebody from the AFC North uh, dethroning the Chiefs, I think, in the playoffs. No. So it'll be either Miami or someone from the AFC North. We'll just call them the AFC North for now. <laughs> it could be any one of those teams versus yeah. versus, versus Miami. I, I, I think Miami, if they stay healthy, um, have all the tools to be uh, in, certainly in the uh, AFC championship. I, I fully agree on the Miami take. I'm very big on Miami this season. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a Ravens yeah, fan. I'm biased. I'm going to go for my, my Ravens. But it's really looking like an AFC sure. North team. And AFC North, whether it be the Steelers or it be the Ravens, where it be, it be uh, the, the Bengals, I think that somebody in the AFC North is going to rise up. The Chiefs yep. are going to be there gonna too. Man. The Chiefs are going to be there too. I, I know their receivers are ass. Their main receiver is Travis Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey is coming it's back. It's Travis Kelsey. So if you have Kelsey, yeah. you're going to make some, some work. You're going to make something happen. You have Chris Jones, who's coming back on a one-year contract. I don't know why that one-year contract is ass, but he's going to play. So I know they're going to be yeah. in the hunt. When you look at the NFC, in my opinion, it's going to be the same, the usual suspects. We got the Niners. We got the Cowboys. We got Philly. It's those three battling it out. And uh, I'm going to say it right now, man, I have a feeling the Niners are going to make it again. Last week, I predicted it'd be a, a, a return of the 2012 um, uh, Super Bowl. We're talking about <laughs> Niners versus Ravens. I don't know. It might be what you're thinking, maybe me being okay. a fan. But I know the Niners are going to be there, man. If Brock Purdy is healthy all season, I don't see yeah. how the Niners don't make it, man. Brock, Brock Purdy Brock, Brock Purdy reminds me of, uh, of young Joe Montana uh, without the four years riding the bench. Um, he's really, yeah, he's really electric that way. Um, yeah. So, you know, between Brandon, between Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuels, and McCaffrey, like Purdy's got it covered. Oh, and, and George Kittle, of course. Kittle, right. So yes. between that defense and all those offensive tools, it's really hard to bet against San Fran this year. Um, and like mm-hmm. I said, they've got an electric lead in, in in Brock Purdy at quarterback. Like they really do. They're yes. the kid less. I think he's only had one loss since he's come in the league. It's absolutely insane. And that one loss he had, he got the man got injured in the first quarter. So it's like, damn, imagine if he played the full game versus Philly. Imagine what would have happened. But, you know, I digress. I think those are our predictions. Um, I will say this, though. We're fantasy football guys, man. And people love our fantasy football talks. I've gotten <laughs> messages and hints yeah. about it. And people rock with our fantasy football takes. What do you think, right on. as we go into this week, man, this is week two of football, what are your fantasy sits and starts? Do you have players you want to sit or do you have players you want to start? Or, like, maybe any unconventional thoughts. What are your thoughts? And then I'll go with mine's uh, right after you, man. What do you think? Sits and starts, brother. Well, okay, so New York Jets pretty mm. much sit the whole team. Um, so it, it's fair. really, it's yeah, really matchup dependent, right? It's really matchup yeah. dependent. Um, you know, for example, we were talking about, uh, Kansas city receivers right now. I mean, is there anybody that you would 
really trust to put out there as a receiver other than Kelts? Probably not. Right. So you're sitting, you know, you're sitting uh, players in that type of situation. Um, people are talking about um, with, uh, with the chargers uh, running back right now, uh, Austin Eckler being Austin injured. Uh, I think it's Josh. Well, I think Josh Kelly is supposed to replace him or something like that. Well, people, everybody's yes. high on him this week. Um, or he's one of these guys who's sort of come up uh, and people are very high on him this week. But the thing is, you know, they're going up against Tennessee, Tennessee, the one thing they can do well is stop the run. So yeah. chances are you're going to want Herbert. You're going to want Herbert um, and the charger receivers, Keenan Allen, uh, Mike Williams, um, Herbert himself. Um, and uh, you know, they're tight end rather than the running backs. So you got to take a look at who's, playing against whom and this this really matters uh with the exception of certain um you know bulletproof uh, running backs but how many of them are there out there right cmc um uh derrick henry perhaps um <laughs> you know there, there's not a lot of guys that you just plug and play every week regardless of the matchup um maybe like 10 running backs like that in the whole league. Um, um so you have to be, be careful of, of who, who you're playing right um I, I'm very high on the Jaguars uh, this week. Uh, ETN um, will be good. Uh, loving, loving, loving what Calvin Ridley looks like there. And, uh, of course, Trevor Lawrence himself. I think that's going to be uh, a matchup or it's just going to be a shootout also. Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of points on the board there. So um, if you've got Mahomes and you've got Kelts, you're starting them. Uh, if you've got uh, Austin Eckler, or pardon me, um, uh, Trevor Lawrence, if you've got ETN, um, and if you've got Ridley, you're starting all of those guys. Uh, maybe yes. even Christian Kirk as well. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of high on that. Uh, Dallas D., if you've got yes. Dallas D, yes, <laughs> like they, they're going to score as much as probably a quarterback. <laughs> you know, they'll probably. I bet you any money Dallas D outscores uh, a Baker Mayfield easily, right? So <laughs> you, gotta, <laughs> like, you know, uh, San Francisco D will be uh, outstanding as well too. Um, so yeah, yeah, those are uh, some of the guys I'm looking at. So uh, yeah, and, and of course Tua, Tua, Tyree Kill. I mean, yes. these guys are all obvious. You know, um, now, see, the one thing I like to do every week, though, is take a look at what the standings are overall in points. And sure mm. enough, if you look at last week, it's only one weekend. It's way too early. Remember last year I said you got to wait till about week four or five before you can really suggest what trends are occurring in the NFL. Yeah. But after week one. You, talk, you look at the top 10 and all the skill positions. Everybody you expect to see is there. Right. So yeah, you drafted these guys, run them out there until they, they don't produce. So that's my start and sit, right? Go, go with your studs, go with the guys you drafted, have faith in them. It's a long season. You know, they were drafted where they were for who they are and because they're as talented as they are. And if you look at this week's top 10, top 20 in fantasy, you will have, uh, see that confirmed. Exactly. Dope. Dope. I like that an analysis. Because in general, man, it's too early to tell who are the consistent guys. But if you drafted mm -hmm. a player high, you drafted them high for a reason. They usually produce. Yep. My surprise yeah. dark horse player that kind of surprised me a little bit is Matthew Stafford. He was slinging it. He was slinging it. If you have Stafford somewhere around 
you better start him. And I know y'all didn't draft him early. Hey. I know nobody <laughs> drafted him early, but <laughs> our league didn't. So y'all start him. Okay? Actually, he's gonna get some points. Stafford, man. <laughs> Stafford was a pleasant surprise this weekend. Yes, um, he was. Yeah. <laughs> Because he talked all season long about he felt like he's the grandfather on that. This is Matt Stafford, right? I remember when the guy was a rookie, for heaven's sake. So I guess he's, what, into his 30s now. And he's sitting there talking like he's the old man, like yelling at the kids to get off his lawn. He says all the players around the locker room, nobody talks. Everybody's got their head down in their phone. The guy's talking like the guy played in the 70s or something like that. Anyway, so he's scared on about how, I don't know how I'm going to do this year. I can't connect. Any of these players, I seem like I'm a generation yes, removed, blah, 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 blah. Goes out there, throws 300 yards, Christ almighty. <laughs> Two receivers with over Hell's 100 yards. It, receiving. He's man. like, cuts everybody up. Like, yeah, and that's what yeah, I'm saying. He's playing you know, like, games. If you guys, dark horse guy, Matthew Stafford, I'm telling you something about Stafford, quality man. quarterback. Always has been a quality quarterback. Quality quarterback throwing that thing. He might throw some picks, let's be real. But he's going to yeah, throw yeah. that thing. One, one other guy that I really like, a, a dark horse guy, is Turpin off the Cowboys. Now, what um, <laughs> the, the coach has done, um, Mike McCarthy, he started to use Turpin in the run game. So expect him yeah. to get some more touches. Of course, Tony Pollard is the you know well, the main running back, but Turpin might get a few touches, and of course he does some work in the run game. So yeah, these are some dark horse, you know, starts that I like in general, man. Stick with who you got. Of course, the two was, of course, yeah. the Tyreek Hills, of course, your Derrick Henry's, you're gonna need them. But those are like my low-key starts and sits. I ha- I have a good feeling about that Turpin guy off the the Cowboys because the Cowboys, from my perspective, they're a run and defense team. I don't think Dak will even be really yeah, they necessary. Are. They're just a run and defensive team. Just Dak has Dak to have for less no than turnovers yards. and he's good. Yeah, yeah. Dak threw for less than. And I think that's what's going to happen Dak most of the season. He's going to throw yards for... in that forty nothing stomp down. Yeah, and I think that's going to be yeah, most of the He's going to be, yeah, yeah. believe it or not. Believe it or not, I, Dak, I Dak Prescott. I might sit Dak. I might even sit Dak because I'm like, Dak yeah. is not going to throw a Dak lot of Prescott, yards. Dak Prescott is going to be the dreaded game manager quarterback, probably yeah. for the rest of his career. But definitely he's going to be a game manager quarterback in Dallas this season because why? Yes. Right? Tony Pollard is a great running back. Like you said, he's backed up by Turpin, right? He's got C.D. Lamb, decent mm-hmm. receiver. Okay, but the biggest thing they have is that defense. They won that yes. game on defense. Two touchdowns. Two yep. touchdowns. Right? That was enough to win the game. So that's yes. how it's going to be, right? I was shocked. I went to go look at uh, to see where the scoring was from uh, from Dallas. They only scored three touchdowns. <laughs> that's exactly right because for me when I was watching the game, I was like, are the Giants going to do anything? No. No, they weren't. <laughs> they were no. they, trying to run their offense in a telephone booth. If anybody yeah. remembers what those are, <laughs> I don't think a lot of people. Because that analogy doesn't are. really work much anymore, does it? <laughs> yeah, but they were like very tightly enclosed. They couldn't get anything going. Man, poor yeah. Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, they call him. Well, Danny <laughs> Dimes, what is he diming? <laughs> Nothing, and he was still kept in, in the fourth in quarter. Game. Like, why don't you bench him? Why don't you wave the white flag? They kept him in to against that defense with like four minutes left in the game. I'm like, what are you doing, Dayball? You want your quarterback to get abused? <laughs> 
And, yeah, and, but, but yeah, overall, I know, right? Fit Dak, if I had a chance, because you know that defense, it moves, it travels. I think the Jets versus Dallas game is gonna be like a thirteen to twelve game. It's gonna be tight. It's gonna be defensive. I don't know if Dak will have one of those four hundred yeah, very good defenses. I don't think Dak is gonna have yep. those three hundred yard games. He doesn't have to because Dak, in essence, is a game manager. He's always had his best playoff success, his yep. best season success as a game manager, not as this uh, throw it down the field guy. Yep. That's what I've seen, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Gotta, you know what? I, I, yeah, I think that uh, that Dallas uh, Jets game that that's actually a pretty coy prediction. I would not surprise mm. me if both defenses outscored the offense. <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. You could see a pick six. You could see a, a fumble recovery. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like one of those games where like both offenses are just. Yeah destroyed and it's a defensive showcase you're right about that yeah special teams play something like that yeah i I could see a low scoring game under 20 points aside where the defense puts up 60 percent of the points yeah yeah i could easily see that long story short nfl red zone will not have that game on (laughs) it won't be on yeah yeah you definitely will he probably will not be seeing much on the red zone from that game. <laughs> I will say this, man. As yeah. we go into week two, man, uh, what are some, you know, lines and spreads? Like, let's say people want to bet, want to put some action. What are you thinking, Unc? Is there some games that you're like, okay, let's let's put a little bit of change on this one, Unc? Is there any lines and spreads that you're looking at going into week two, brother? Yeah, I, I looked at them very briefly. There were a couple that uh, that showed up. I think uh, the Cincinnati game when I think yes. Baltimore, your team was going in. Yeah, I think uh, Cincinnati. I forget. I think the line, anyways, is about three and a half points. And, yes, um, and uh, I don't. Th- I don't think. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. And right Cincinnati now. might be favored by three and a half. Do you have the point spreads in front of you? I do have them in front of me. Cincinnati is uh, minus three. Yeah, they're favored by three, and it's uh, it's under forty five. That's what they're saying. Uh, forty five point five. Yeah. And uh, Bengals are favored in this one. Yeah, minus uh, one sixty eight. Yeah. I, I would definitely I would probably take Baltimore in that game to be honest with you. I I, I think yeah. it's going to be uh, a tight game, and I even though Cincinnati wants to uh, get right this week, so does uh, so does uh, Baltimore, and I think they both understand what's on the line. So uh, I have a feeling that's going to be a defensive battle, and I think it's probably going to be decided by less than three points. Yeah, now, what's right. the um, what's the uh, the line on uh, on the Patriots and, uh, and and the Finns? Oh yeah, for the Patriots and uh, just give me a quick second. Oh, uh, it should be the Patriots versus the Dolphins. Um, it's uh Dolphins minus one point five. Sorry, two point five, and uh, it's looking like the under is under uh forty six point five. You got the Dolphins is minus uh one fifty four favorites. Um, there's a chance yeah. the Patriots could do something, or um, you might. You might I'm taking the Dolphins them. all day on that one. I'm yep. taking the Dolphins over over the two and a half all day long for sure. Yeah. I, I think the Dolphins win that game outright. That's and actually by more than three pick, points. You know? uh, over two and a half. Yeah. You're, right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. The Dolphins are the dark horse team. I know that's a good bet, mother. That's a good bet, brother. And 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 and, 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 the, and the Kansas and the Kansas City uh, Jaguars game. I think uh, Kansas City's favored by three and a half. 
yeah, on the road they're, or something they're, like that. They're three and a half. You're exactly right. Yeah, they're three and a half, and uh, Chiefs yeah. are a favorite yeah. minus uh one eighty four. So uh, Jags maybe. maybe yeah, I'm taking. I'm taking the Jaguars. I'm taking the Jaguars all day to cover that at home. Oh, in fact, wow. I think I, I think they win. I think they win. As oh, pissed shit. off as Mahomes is, I I think. I, I yeah, I think I think Lawrence and, and company win. So we might have the Chiefs starting with 0 and 2, man. This is the first time in the Mahomes era, man. That that that's nuts, right? But yeah. Ark, you're not even wrong about that because Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley looked amazing last week, man. Yeah. They looked so oh yeah, I was good. really Yeah, I grabbed Calvin Ridley and Trevor Lawrence in my fantasy draft this year because oh, I have man. a feeling that the Jaguars are going to have a, a blessed season. <laughs> yes, no, no, so, you're, you're right, man. You you gotta put some dividends in the Jags, especially because of Doug Peterson, man. Peterson. Doug Peterson. You pointed it out last year that Doug so Peterson good. is the key, and he really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You pointed it out last year. It was an excellent point. Peterson's a great coach, and man, he's got the right he had, team. He had Carson Wentz looking like an MVP, man. Did he Carson Wentz? Right? And people. we've seen. And we've seen what an impressive feat that is. <laughs> that is yeah. that's like his most impressive feat to make Carson Wentz maybe <laughs> the future Jets quarterback. <laughs> I I bought in. I bought in on Carson Wentz when he was, um, you know, the super sub. Yeah, Yo. for sure. The Went to another Wentz, team. <laughs> the thing about Wentz is just he's so risky for no reason. He's making turnovers for no reason. The things that Doug Peterson was able to do with this guy, I, I got yeah, I gotta respect him, man. But you yeah, know what? He gotta respect it for sure. Facts, man. But you know what? As we round out this uh this podcast, Unk and Few season two, episode one, going into week two. We gotta talk about I know this this was on the docket, but it's not NFL. College football, oh, yeah. Deion Sanders yeah, yeah. and the Colorado yeah, Buffs. And for me, I'm not a college football guy. I think I maybe, watched that game. I, you watched it? I stumbled across that game and um on nice. YouTube and I watched the highlights, like the 15 minute highlight reel. And yeah. that game was outstanding. And Deion yeah. Sanders did not look out of place at all. And actually, I am cheering for that guy hard. Um, when I was growing up, you know, prime time, all that flash and stuff, I was, you know, I knew he was super talented, you know, two yeah. sports, all that stuff. But I was kind of a bit of a hater that way because nobody's that good, blah, 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 blah. And he's kind of arrogant, et cetera. But you know what? I was just being a hater. He is very, very talented. By the time he got to playing for San Francisco, and then, you know, I, I recognize, I could see it. But the thing is, it's his spirit. He is perfect for college football. He's got that attitude, that raw, raw. He's perfect for college. And I think he is going to make the buffs look great. Yeah, no, we already saw that. And he he gets his players motivated. Yes. Right. I mean, he's he's really an inspirational cat that way. He really knows how to to, 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 um, to sell excellence, pride, performance, all that type of thing. And I think Deion Sanders is going to be magical for uh, NCAA Division One college football. I, I fully agree, man. We are echoing the same things. We're on the same frequency. I watched half yeah. of the game last night and then I uh, went out, but then I saw the highlights this morning. 
man, the Buffaloes in second overtime, a 98 yeah. yard drive by Shadur Sanders <laughs> in order to win the game, tie the game, and then it ended poetically with an interception in the end zone from the Colorado, Colorado Buffaloes. I think it was an awesome game. And I think that, you know, it kind of felt like a trap game because, you know, uh, Colorado State, they're not a great team. I'll be real. The real test is coming next week with Oregon. The real test is coming a week mm -hmm. after that with USC. These are the big games in the next two weeks. Yep. But the Colorado State game, they pushed Dion and the Buffaloes to the edge, and they responded, and they won in second overtime. I think Dion is great for college football. He makes me excited to watch college football games. And uh, yeah. we might be looking at a, a Heisman I, I, candidate I, I, with Shador Sanders, man. He's threw like 340 yards again with like four touchdowns. It's crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think I think Dion makes it very easy to buy in. Yeah, I, I think his personality is such. I, I think he's an inspirational person. Um, whether you're big into religion or not, um, he's very typical of uh, the American South in that way. He has a strong connection to his church, no matter what you want to say about uh, you know how he lives his private life or anything like that. I've never seen anything untoward. So he's yes. a genuinely authentic believer. And in all kinds of different things. And that translates and projects um, into other uh, areas of his life as well, too, because he just sort of walks in a certain light. He's very typical of, of a lot of folks in the South like that who use their religion to help inspire the rest of their lives. And primetime is, is a classic example of that. He was blessed. He was blessed with uh, with with talents of you know, born physically different than you know, all the rest of us. But there's a mental side to prime um that is you know very inspirational um and he just believes in himself he believes in his own game and he believes that he can make other people better if they you know get infected by it and he's proven it time and time again so yeah no i think he's the ultimate college coach i think he's just fantastic for the game and i think he's going to make the buffaloes a, a very competitive team uh whether he's at the point yet where he can take them into uh, a big five bowl game uh, i'm not sure about that whether he can beat usc and all those uh those top teams and um you know from his division will, his conference we'll see yeah. but it would not surprise me if uh, the buffaloes are in every game they play even if they end up going you know like 12 and three or something like that, or even, you know, 10 and five. Um, yeah. But they're definitely going to be in a bowl game this year. Uh, it's a, it's a top quality program and primetime is, is exactly where he needs to be uh, to, to build the next chapter of his life. You're, you're absolutely right, man. And I think they're going to be in a bowl game. I don't think they're going to be, oh, yeah. be honest. I don't think they're going to be the likes of uh, Oregon or USC because the, the just it's just so tough in the first year to do that. Yeah, yeah. but he's Very already exceeded teams. expectations by going three and zero. This is a one and mm -hmm. eleven football team last year, man. A one and eleven football that, that, team. So he's exceeded. I didn't realize they were that bad last year. They won one game I didn't last year. They were... Yeah, they lost everything else. I yeah. didn't realize. I didn't realize they were that bad last year. So that just goes to show you the magic of prime time for him. 
just immediately open three and zero after going uh, one and ten with the previous season. Uh, that that talks about recruiting. That yeah. talks about coaching. That talks about inspiring your team. That is an electric turnaround. He's already made his season. He's already absolutely. three times better than they were last year. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely expect them to be in a decent bowl game. Um, mm. Will they, yeah, will they take on the traditional powerhouses of the Pac-12? Probably not. But, um, you know, they're going to, they're going to, I say that they're going to be in. I, they will not get blown out. They will be in every game that they play this year. That much, I promise you. And that will be the prime time factor. And I agree, man. If you're in games, that shows that you're competitive. That shows that you're a team mm -hmm. that's in there. You're not getting blown out. Well, you're not getting embarrassed. You're in football games with a chance to win, and that's how it goes. Now, Ankh, I want to tell you something hey, interesting that maybe you might well, not just very know. Quickly. Yeah, Hold on. Ahead. Very quickly. Mm -hmm. The TCU game. The TCU game against the Buffaloes, that was never say die football. Yes. They never said that they just kept going back hammer and tong and Prime would not give up on the team. The team would not give up on Prime and they won that game. Anyway, sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah, no, no, they, they weren't quitting. And that's what I like. That comes from Prime himself. Yeah. He's not going to quit. Yeah. So the team's not going to quit. That's infectious, man. If you have a it leader who's not willing to fold or lay down and get destroyed that infects the young men who are playing in that game if he's not gonna quit That's the right. players are not gonna quit but something interesting i was gonna mention right so i think it was uh wednesday or tuesday the colorado state coach said um you know when it comes to if i was in front of my mother i put i take my hat and my glasses off right so dion yeah. used that as bulletin material to get his team motivated <laughs> oh it's personal right and Dion intentionally yeah. wore a hat and glasses those glasses that Dion was having was a company called the blender right because of that type yeah. of marketing they sold a million point three dollars worth of glasses because of that people love prime time because of that same people love prime. prime time a million, point five, point three, whatever type of, of profits by selling glasses. These glasses are sold out. So if you want primetime glasses, they're sold out. You can't even get them no more because <laughs> people bought them out. So if he is affecting not only his own players, his own, uh, you know, university, he's affecting businesses. He's improving college game day. The Dion effect is real, and I'm excited to see where they go throughout the season. I just wanted to mention that to you, man. Yeah. Sold out glasses, crazy. He's been an he's been an ambassador of the game for a long time. Like yeah. his his work on the NFL Network was outstanding. Like yeah. I, I just think he's a he's an excellent entertainer uh, above and beyond everything else. And that is just the type of character and personality that he has. And look at him. Like, this guy's my age, right? Like, he's a grown-ass man. Mm. Um, but look at him. He still has some youth and vigor about him when he's like, you know, you talk about Stafford not relating to the young kids. Imagine prime time. But he does it. He knows yeah. how to do it. And, and yeah, you, he's just fantastic. I just love me some prime time. I love me some prime time. Neon Dion. Neon Dion. <laughs> and here's the last thing I want to mention. There were people who work in Dion's coaching staff, right? Uh, who said that he has a little bit of Nick Saban in him in a different way. You know how Nick Saban, authoritarian, organized, leader, and everything? But Dion has that in him as well. 
And it's interesting when you look at the landscape of college football, Saban and Dion have more similarities and differences, but they do it in a different way, each one of them. So I just wanted to mention yeah. that, man, especially, you know, the GOAT Saban and how he did it. Um, you can yeah. do similar things in a different way. Yeah, just, just a little antidote. You know? Neon, mm-hmm. Old Neon Dion's got a long way to go to uh, replace Mr. Saban, yeah. but he's a, he's a man of discipline as yep. Saban is. And that is the biggest thing. Like, don't kid yourself, right? Prime time with all that great personality, all that type of stuff. He did not get where he was on talents alone. He was also an extremely disciplined person. And this is where I get back to his character, his religious upbringing, all that type of stuff. He is just discipline incarnate. He just makes it look easy, right? He's like a 400 meter mm-hmm. runner. <laughs> makes it look easy. <laughs> and that's when you know you're at a certain joke. <laughs> yeah, that's when you know you're at a certain talent level. When you make hard work, when you make hard shit look easy, yeah, dude, that's a man. That's yeah, for a sure. Real one. That's a real one. And we some real ones right here with Unk Football, Big <laughs> Stepper, Unk and Few, Season 2, Week 2. Hope right? y'all have a blessed one. We killed it. Get in the comments. Let us know what y'all think. Peace out, bro. Deuces. <laughs>